Final destinations are the theme of this month's Devil Times 5 and we'll be learning that you can't cheat death. Hello, you are listening to episode 9 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast, hosted by me, Cliff Barnes. Episode 8 turned out to be the final destination for Holly Horror, who sadly left the show. Ah. But I'm still joined as ever by movie collector Richard Tromson, genre writer CJ Lyons and media journalist Sarah Dobbs. Hello. 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 Plus, joining us this month is our new fifth devil, comedian Emily McQuaid. Hi. I've got a really croaky voice today. <laughs> I, was, I was out doing karaoke on uh, Friday night and I finished the night with fucking Hostile by Pantera and my voice has not recovered. Yeah, that'll do it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, this month, we're looking at films where death isn't merely what happens to you when you meet the villain. It is the villain. Our features will be Final Destination 5 and Adam Wingard's new adaptation of Death Note. And the final destination for this episode is another round of Scary Noises. Emily, you've listened to the show. How are you feeling about playing Scary Noises for real? Let's just say not confident. But, you know, who knows what might happen. It's all right. We're, we're not very good at it. So <laughs> We have received an email Ooh, to, uh, to our uh, dx5podcast.gmail.com. And it says, uh, it says, Dear esteemed sister Shauna Padley, Warm greetings in Jesus' name. <laughs> Congratulations, your registration for the All Partners online conference with Pastor Chris, which is scheduled to hold on the 22nd of September 2017, is complete. Um, and then it's got a URL and a username and password to use. Um, I mean, I've checked, it's, it's real. It's not, a, it's not a spam or a phishing thing. As Sister Shauna Padley either, you know, got her email address wrong or... And, claimed that she's part of the Devil Times Five podcast. It's none. Yeah, or pretty badly wrong. Or is, has Holly changed her name to Shauna Padley? And this is what she's left for. To join the sisterhood. I mean she's she's not here, so that's No, no, she's where gone she to is. America. Now we know why. Uh, well anyway, um, <laughs> let's kick things off with our highs and lows from the last few weeks of horror viewing. Uh, we'll start with you, CJ. Okay. Uh, well, I went to Fright Fest, uh, yes. as, as you did as well, um, and saw about 22 horror movies in one weekend, which was absolutely exhausting. Uh, but it did give me my highlight, uh, which was Low Life. Not really a horror movie, but they showed it at Fright Fest, so I'm going to claim it. Um, it's like a thriller. Uh, it's very, very gory. Um, there's a Mexican wrestler as one of the protagonists. There's a guy with a uh, full face swastika tattoo as one of the protagonists, which sort of gives you an idea of the kind of film that you're in for. But it's actually really, really righteous and angry and brilliant. Um, and I loved it. That was definitely the best film that I've seen this month. My low light is sadly Mother! To use the. Uh, <laughs> Correct punctuation. Man, I hated that movie. I'm so that excited a, about that movie. I just oh, that is a thirty million dollar monument to a man's pain. Cliff will probably pick it as his highlight. So, Sounds uh, so good. <laughs> I loved it. I, 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 it made me feel horrible. It made me feel physically unwell. Um, I, I finally understood what people mean when they say they've got anxiety issues because it is just psychologically so intense and horrible see i, um, I found it mildly and I irritating it at best <laughs> it just kind of got on my nerves i was describing it to sarah and she she said um oh it just sounds like darren aronofsky poking you over and over again going is that annoying yet is that annoying is that annoying is that annoying? And, and that is absolutely what that film felt like to me um i think i agree that it is like that but i liked it because it made me feel so uncomfortable um, awesome. Next time I see you, I'm going to just poke you all night and be like, is that annoying yet? Is that annoying yet? And you'll be like, oh, this is the most intense night out I've been on. I love it. I haven't, I haven't had an offer like that in a while. <laughs> um, Emily, what are your highs and lows? Um, highlight, I went to Fright Fest, but only actually got around to seeing one movie because I'm really disorganised. Um, and that was The Terror of All Hallows' Eve. Um, oh. Not an amazing film, but quite a charming one in its way. It's about a kid who's bullied at school by some really evil people um, and the way that they, they it's indicated that they're evil is that one of the boys is wearing a Rush t-shirt which is a bit harsh um, and yeah it's it's a really kind of it, it's there's, there's a trickster character in it who looks like Dobby from Harry Potter if he'd really really let himself go and it's about sort of defeating bullies via a sort of supernatural um, means and there's an evil pumpkin in it and it's somewhere between camp and actually feeling kind of genuine and heartfelt 
And your low light? Uh, my low light was something that I found um, down the back of Netflix. It's a, a film called <laughs> Spellbinder, which is what. Ha- oh! Yeah, it's it's what happens when somebody tries to combine The Wicker Man and Fatal Attraction. Um, it's terrible, but it was also quite funny. So, it ends with a satanic cult that have met up in a cave where it actually says on the wall of the cave, um, "We love something like um, Satan rules." So if you find anywhere where someone's written that, then that's clearly that's clearly how you find satanic cults. But um, awesome, yeah, is, very is, very cheesy. Is that the one with uh, John Travolta's wife? Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, okay. Kelly Preston. Apparently, oh, the Church of yeah. Scientology banned it for a while because there's nipples. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but what, watch that if you're drunk and undiscerning. Otherwise, don't. Okay, Richard. <laughs> My low light uh, have to be Plutonium Baby, 1987. Uh, so bad, I can't even remember what it's about. Except it's about this <laughs> Plutonium Baby who grows older and starts <laughs> killing people in the woods. It's really bad. Wow. Uh, and sounds my, so good. It sounds good, but it's awful. Well, not even I like it. it you know, it's bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Highlight, uh, I think I'll have to go with the rewatch of The Fun House by Toby Hooper. I guess okay. that's the best movie I've seen all month. I've watched The Fun House fairly many times and it's I've never really loved it. I mean, it's ah. it's watchable, but it's not very good, is it? Well, I, I think And the is. only thing I ever remember, the only thing I ever remember is the bit where the... Um, the, the guy in the mask gets a hand job. Of course, that's what you remember. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, See, I, I only remember the, the shower scene at the start um, oh, yeah. with the sort of fake psycho thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that probably says more about you, the two of us, than yeah. it does the film. But <laughs> I... um, Well, let's move on to Sarah. Um, weirdly, do you know what? For once, I've got a few candidates for highlight and not many for low light, and it's really confusing to me. Um, it's been a good month. Yeah, I've watched some good stuff this month. Um, I think I'm going to pick Tragedy Girls as my highlight, um, which is annoying because it's also a film that doesn't seem to have UK distribution just yet, but it was at Fright Fest, and I think it's doing some other festivals uh, in the near future. Um, And it's about two girls who run a true crime uh, blog and are annoyed that they don't get enough attention for it, so they decide to start staging their own murders. Um, And yeah, I just thought it was awesome. And then my low light. See, I almost want to say the new It because I just feel like being a dick about that film because everyone loves it so much. But I just thought it was like aggressively mediocre. So mm. um, yeah, agreed. I might go with something that I also found down the back of Netflix, which is a film called Horror Story, um, which is like an Indian sort of vaguely based on 1408 thing except not really um it's just like some people go and look at what's supposed to be a haunted hotel and there's a ghost and it's just super generic and boring but i didn't have anything that i was super angry about this month so that's good that's good yeah no it's been a, it's been a good month i think <laughs> fright fest having happened helps because uh, mm. i've got through a lot but uh, my low light is something i saw at fright fest which uh, is leatherface um oh. which is directed by Alexandra Bastille and Julien Mori, who did mm. Inside, and I think it's time to um, just say, you know, Inside was a fluke because they haven't done, they haven't come close since, and Leatherface is terrible. It's like if you liked the Platinum Dunes Texas Chainsaw Massacre films, then you'll probably like this, but it's it's just awful. It's it's grim Southern Gothic where everyone's really unlikable, authority figures are all corrupt. Um, it's I don't think that's a good setting for a horror film. I think. The reason horror works when it's in like you know an innocent place like a school or the, or suburbia or something like that. That's when horror works. It's not not when it something horrible's happening in a place where everything's horrible. Um, it's, oh, yeah. I've said horrible a lot already today. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> it's my word of the month. Devil times five horrible podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Leatherface. Actually, I thought it was the best one since part two. Um, I oh, think really? they've all been pretty crap after part two but um but i really well, like that's where we I, that's where we differ yeah. isn't it i love a bit of southern gothic i thought the previous one Texas chainsaw 3d was a lot of fun it's so stupid Ta- oh. yeah i thought it was a lot of fun too <laughs> yeah but um no leatherface is very sadly just bleak not in a fun way not in a particularly interesting way um 
completely the other side of the coin. My highlight is, uh, is it horror? Is it horror? I don't know. It's a ghost story. I mean, it's about a ghost. Oh. It's about a supernatural. Um, it's about a guy who dies just as he and his wife are about to move house and he's doomed to spend the rest of eternity haunting the house and later on the plot where the house stood. Um, and um, it's beautiful. It's just really, really lovely, absurd film because he's he, his appearance is a white sheet with two um, black holes for his eyes, except his eyes are just black voids. So you can't see okay. his face under the sheet. If if this was done with um, the actress Casey Affleck, um, if that was done with just Casey Affleck standing there looking a bit sort of translucent with a sad face, you know, thoughtful, whatever, it just wouldn't be the same film at all. But because it's got this absurdist, childlike um, representation of a ghost, it adds some kind of sadness, but humour and, I don't know, I really loved it. I thought it was an absolutely beautiful film. That's another Did one. Anyone I'm, else seen it? I'm very excited about that. I, no, I love the, the director's previous Well, movie. don't get excited. It's not an exciting film by any means. It's very, very slow. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what I mean. I'm, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. I, I love this previous movie, Ain't Them Body Saints. Also okay, with yeah, Casey I might check that out. It's, it's a great film. Is, is that Southern Gothic kind of thing? No, it sounds like it's like be. a crime drama, a la Terrence Malick, right. the, uh, Badlands type of thing. Right. Badlands is Southern Gothic, which, isn't it? Wow. Which is weird because Leatherface is just like Badlands as well. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, def- there's definitely a Badlands influence on, on Leatherface anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, there are highs and lows. Lots to chew on there. Good, uh, good choices, everyone. So it's time to get down and dirty and dice with death. And this month's first feature is brand new. It's Adam Wingard's take on the Japanese phenomenon, Death Note. All the people that make life miserable, make life dangerous. What if we can change things? What exactly can I do with this Death Note? Put your name down and see what happens. It's not gonna solve a few crimes. It's gonna solve all crime. Do you think that I'm crazy? I think you're not crazy enough. We could change the world. The killer has taken credit for over 400 deaths. Although we do not know how he kills his victims, we do know he's not some omnipotent force. He's a person, like you or me. You're the one who flew into the sun. I'm just here to make sure you burn. We're not the good guys anymore. Hope you know what you're doing. After he picks up a magical notebook that's fallen from the sky, bullied student Light finds that he has the power to choose who dies, when and how. Uh, So this was released a few weeks ago on Netflix, but CJ and I caught it a day early on the big screen at Frightfest. Um, So CJ, what do you think? Should it have got a proper cinema release? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it looks great on the big screen. Um, It's a really, really beautiful looking movie, big budget. It's kind of sad that it's it's been deprived of, of that by Ooh. Netflix, but that's the breaks. Do they ever release anything to a cinema? Or? And since it's Netflix, you probably can't even buy it on Blu-ray. No, no you can't. Which no, no, you, no, you stream it. Doesn't make any sense. It's a shame. Yeah. Well, well, it makes sense, but it's yeah, just really annoying. I, I don't really understand the yeah. business model. We might be old-fashioned, guys. We might be being really old-fashioned here. <laughs> oh, I want a disc. Oh, I want to see it at the cinema. And everyone's like, I just want to watch it immediately on my TV. Yeah. The the nice thing about it uh, streaming on Netflix was that suddenly so many people I knew all around the world were watching and talking about it all at the same mm-hmm. time. And mm-hmm. I find that doesn't happen so much with the cinema release. But everyone seemed cool. to suddenly be an expert on the Japanese version. Now, I'd never uh. heard of Death Note. But everyone was all of a sudden like, it's not it's not as long as the anime. <laughs> Therefore, it's not as good. I was talking to a friend about this, and he he was a fan of the Japanese version. I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna, I've got to watch Death Note, and he was like, um, oh, what the Japanese version? Oh, it's brilliant. And I said, no, it's the American remake. And I was, he just sort of very politely said, fuck off. <laughs> wow. Just sort of like, no, that's not real. That's not my Death Note. Sod it. Well, to be fair, I mean, that's probably what a lot of us would say about other remakes and mm, stuff. Yeah. I suppose so. But this is so good. Yeah. Mm. I mean, do you think so, Emily? Do you like it? 
Um, I was a bit ambivalent about it because I like quite a lot about it. And there was also part of me thinking if I'd seen this when I was 14, I would have thought this was the best film ever. Yeah, I, I think I agree with Emily. <laughs> yeah. At that point. I, th- I think the fact that I'm still mentally 14 might be why I love it. <laughs> well, most of the time, so am I. But um, I just thought, yeah, I really wish I was 14 watching this because I, I used to like things like, well, I still like things like The Crow, the first one anyway. And it's just kind of like, oh, there's love and there's death and it's all really important and it's raining. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 what I did find with it was it made me interested enough to want to explore sort of the world behind it. So I've watched a couple of episodes of the anime and that I found to be a lot more interesting. The film, to oh, really? me, felt a little bit rushed. It felt like there was too much going on to fit into two hours. And also, I wanted more of the death demons as well, but that's just me. Uh, well, I watched the 2006 Japanese uh, live-action film version, which uh, the new Wingard version follows about the first half of, before going off and doing its own thing. Um, I say its own thing, maybe it's following some other anime manga script, I don't know. Um, it, I mean, it's not as good, Um the Japanese version looks like a t- well, it was a TV movie. That's why it looks like a TV movie. Um, it's kind of flat looking. It's really bland. Um, the light has a nice, happy family. There's yeah, they live, his bedroom is nicely, brightly lit. <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> it's not a very scary film at all. Um, it's more of a crime drama and it's um, or fantasy crime thriller thing. You know, it's it's fine, but but no, Adam Wingard has taken that source material and turned it into a proper horror film with gore lots of gore um sarah (laughs) yes um yeah i I really enjoyed it i generally enjoy adam wingard's work so yeah it's the first first of his films i've loved same really Uh, i hated the guest i hated the last two Uh, i guess it's his best movie Uh, come on the guest is my favorite death note was everything that i wanted the guest to be that the guest wasn't um, it had that whole like neon 80s pop craziness to it but actually had some substance and a plot whereas The Guest did not oh The Guest is so good <laughs> I just want to watch The Guest again now yeah. well, it's, got, it's got a good sense of humour as well I like how um, like when Riot gives light at the pen in the detention room it's just a normal ballpoint pen not like a mm-hmm. big quill or a fountain pen or anything like that mm. um I also laughed when, when you see Rule 26, each death must be physically possible because it just makes you wonder what, <laughs> what could have been. <laughs> Doesn't he explain that? I have a weird memory of him He gives an example, that. yeah. There's something oh, yeah, about... Like, it can't be a shark or something. Eaten by shark yeah. in a toilet or something That's like it, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I would have loved to see. Uh, Brilliant. It'd be like um, the bee's death in one of Sleep the Sleepaway Camp, camp films. Yeah. Sleepaway, the first Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Yeah, it's not much weirder than that. I mean, yes, it is a bit rushed, um, all going into, what is it, an hour and 41 minutes, isn't it? I mean, there are there are bits that are there as sort of colour that aren't explained, like the, 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 the candies that L eats to try and focus his mind or whatever. I don't know if that's supposed to be some sort of drug or whatever. The bit where Light comes up with his plan to get L's real name is just in a sentence I actually had to rewind it on second viewing just to go what was that plan and I don't understand why he wants to be able to cancel uh, Watari's death I think just because he's not a baddie he's at that point like like doesn't want to kill any well ever in the film I don't think I don't think he wants to kill anyone who's not evil yeah I suppose so yeah so he doesn't he just wants to control him and then not make him die yeah, I suppose you're right. I, I, you know, it is, it is too too fast, I guess, because there were major plot points that I didn't really get first viewing. <laughs> I don't think I really got second I think viewing. I, I, I really love that speed because there's just such a trend in horror at the moment to oh, just absolutely. have everything super slow, no dialogue, everybody's just staring meaningfully, and it's bollocks. I, I like that this moved at a breakneck pace, which is really exciting. Start to finish, there's always something happening. You couldn't you couldn't zone out, yeah, because uh, you, you'd miss something. And I, I love that. Yeah, about I like that. It was fast paced, had a you know great score. Yeah, yeah brilliant really score. score. And that foot that well, foot well, chase well, was awesome. That was really good. That was it yeah, was awesome. really that cool. was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think Lakeith Stanfield was awesome. Yeah, throughout. he was very good. Yeah. Like, he's such a yeah. weird physical actor. He's my favourite character. Yeah. Him and, uh, yeah. and Willem Dafoe as the monster guy. He was really good. It, it almost looked at times like he had turned into a cartoon character. He really had that kind of not quite real air about him, yeah, which I thought I was great. And you mentioned music just now. What do you think about the use of um, old pop songs and that? To... Oh, I like the use amazing. of Power of Love at the end. It was really cool. 
I yeah. I absolutely hate so Power of Love, so I think that may have. <laughs> I like that song. <laughs> I don't mind a power ballad, but that song really makes my teeth yeah. itch. So that's well, that the Chicago uh, track that's playing when they're falling from the Ferris wheel. It's great. It's so no, I like, cheesy. Isn't I did it? enjoy oh, the cheese I love in that. It. Yeah. I, I think I think it transcends that. I think it brings those songs back to before they were a punchline to a joke. I think I think it gave gave them a lot of emotion within the within the story. And I, I felt like you know, certainly the last third of that movie, which was all just crazy power ballads and stuff happening and big emotions, I I don't know, I really felt it. I was like, Whoa, this is so awesome. You were crying, weren't you? <laughs> I, I don't know. Was... I, I was I was getting pretty yeah. emotional. I won't lie. <laughs> okay. it, was, it was a visceral experience yeah. for me. I don't know. I think I think that the um, power ballads make like really set you up for. I think they're used as intentionally cheesy things. They really set you up for like a really cheesy climax because when really when Mia falls into the um, the bed of flowers. Uh, yeah, yeah but, that, but, but, but that's that was awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it's I, not. It is awesome. I, but I, but I, I, I don't didn't think... see it as being like silly or ironic or corny. You know, I, I thought that it it came out the other side. It kind of pushed it so far into earnestness that oh, that yeah. it got away with doing these very heightened things. Yeah, I I, um, I yeah. quite like that aspect of it as well. My my objection isn't to power ballads; it's just to that one particular power the, ballad, which is. <laughs> totally fair yeah. <laughs> it was just sort of like oh I enjoyed that that was kind of operatic and fitting and then that song started and I was like no don't tell me yeah <laughs> oh the, the big difference in the Japanese version I watched is that light in that just makes everyone die of a heart attack mm. really? which, boring yeah incredibly yeah, boring super dull yeah the I'm anime so too the, uh, they seem to kind of favour the unmessy deaths rather than the um, pretty oh. glorious decapitation that's no fun it's not very cinematic yeah Messy yeah. all the way. Do you think that decapitation was CGI or, or um, you know, makeup effects? It was really good. I think it might have been a bit of both because I read somewhere oh, that yeah. the um, the uh, Ryuk, the um, Willem Dafoe, I think that was um, they went for motion capture rather than CGI. So it kind of looks a bit sort of it looks a little bit more real. If that makes sense. And mm. I, I think I, I get the feeling with the the decapitation that that was that was probably makeup or at least partly. I'm thinking that CGI is maybe getting to the stage where it is acceptable as it's in gore sequences. Mm. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Well, when we talk about the Final Destination films... Oh, yeah, but they're they're older, aren't they? They're older. Yeah, 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 but it starts to... I don't know. There's definitely a point where it tips into CGI and and the gore stops looking good. Yeah. Yeah. What about the ethical debate about, um, about Light's plan to, you know, try and eliminate crime? using the death note is that but but you know in a violent way i thought it was a really interesting thing to explore because there's not an easy answer to it because i think you know certainly the way that it completely exaggerates a lot of the people that he kills to being some of the most like heinous awful people Mm, that you can imagine it's very difficult to sit there and go yeah i mean obviously this guy should live and keep raping children that's fine i mean you don't you just don't think like that you you think actually yeah you could probably lose him um, and I think the, the film pushes you to, to start thinking that way, certainly at the start, so that, you know, you would like, but then I think it does open up the debate of, you know, where do you draw the line? Who, who are you to choose who, who lives or dies? Who, who has the right to do that? Does that make you as bad as a psychopath? Does that make you a psychopath? And that's, you know, interestingly handled in a film that for the most part is exaggerated and over the top and, and full of very crazy sequences. I think it handled that really well. Um, I read somewhere, well, it was Wikipedia, so sources may be slightly vague, <laughs> but um, there was a kid in high school in America that got told, well, he, he was found with his own death note that he'd made, and it contained, as, as it said on Wikipedia, the names of five classmates and Justin Bieber. <laughs> so that puts, the, that puts the whole what's justified thing in a whole kind of... Too bad it didn't work. <laughs> Um, and the other ethical debate is this uh, one about so-called whitewashing. Do we, uh, do we want to get involved in that? It, it, it's an American no, movie. Right. It's, just... it's uh, interpretation. Yeah, I'd understand if Death Note was like some sort of sacred text. But it's not, is it? It's not a biography. It's, it's a real no. character. No. Yeah, and it's, it's a universal it's fictional. You know, the story. It's, yeah. It just happened to be Japanese. Yeah, a lot of fuss about nothing, I think. Without, I wanted to sound like yeah. some I think, I think whitewashing cunt, but... is definitely a, a big issue in Hollywood. Um, always, always has been, and, and still is. But I don't think that Death Note is is guilty no. of it. No. 
Good. Well, that's 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 settled then, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. Five white people have spoken. <laughs> that's that issue parked. No one need ever yeah. address it ever again. One of the best things about Death Note is the way that most of the deaths are set up to look like elaborate accidents, uh, which is something that we probably first saw in The Omen back in 1976. But more recently, it's also turned up in Wish Upon, which Sarah, both you and CJ, had as your horror highlight a couple of months ago. We did. Yeah. Sweet movie. Yeah, I don't know what there is to say about it at this point that isn't just going to be like spoilers, but um, it's a similar thing to Death Note in that it's someone, she had, for the benefit of anyone who's not seen this movie, because obviously uh, not everyone will have done, um, a girl comes across a Chinese wishing box that will uh, give her whatever she wants. She just has to put her hands on it and wish for something and she gets it, but there's a blood price that she doesn't control and doesn't really know what it will be. But it, there's a, there, there, she does know that there will be a consequence. Um, so it's not really the same as Death Note because she's not directing the death, but she is gaining from it, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so I guess it's a slightly different ethical dilemma. Like, would you take something awesome for yourself if you knew that someone somewhere who maybe you know and maybe you don't know very well is going to suffer in some unspecified way? And what are the death scenes like in that? It's very gory, very Final Destination style, prolonged deaths. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't super insanely grisly, but like, there was some blood and... It's not one where you feel like the gloves are on to try and pander to a wider audience. Um, it's it's think, a horror film. Yeah, yeah cool. for sure. And even if you didn't necessarily see much gore, it was definitely implied that people were coming to very nasty ends cool in that way that kind of makes you wince even if you don't actually see it you know and you know someone's going to fall on something you don't have to necessarily yeah. see it to be like Ugh. <laughs> um so their films are where people get to play god and choose who dies but another angle on this thing and this is inevitable spoiler territory are films where people don't realize that they're already dead especially if they've got the word survivor in the title <laughs> um so there's, there's three of these really the survivor 1981 um yeah about a pilot who survives a crash that's killed all his Just passengers that. meets up with Jenny Agata, who's a psychic medium person, and weird shit happens, but it's not really clear at all what's happening, is it? Because it's, it's just terribly edited. It's a real, really bad adaptation of the novel. Yeah, yep. it's a really boring film with a very yes. silly ending, which is so obvious right from the first scene that he's dead all along. So all this kind of abstract stuff that's happening to him is just... It's kind of <clears> slow <throat> and very uneventful. That's very fun. Yeah, well, yeah. the thing is, I reread re- re- the novel the um, other week, and in the novel, you get scenes of the pilot um, going about and finding out all this shit, uh, interspersed with scenes of completely new random characters being introduced, here's their backstory, and then, oh, look, they're dead in a horrible way, killed by... That, that was the James things. Herbert formula, though, wasn't it? For yeah. A while. yeah, it was, but definitely. But the, the, the movie strips out all of those bits and so you just end up with a film with the pilot walking around for an hour and a half or two hours <laughs> yeah they actually they didn't want to do like a traditional slasher movie friday 13th style movie they yeah. wanted more like yeah you know, old school suspense they wanted to be elevated exactly yes <laughs> but it didn't really work, work that well yeah um soul survivor is it's almost an, uh, an uncredited adaptation of the james herbert novel uh with a bit more of the kind of zombie stuff happening so it makes a little bit more sense it's got a nice atmosphere is she dead all along though i, I didn't think she was oh yeah i think so i mean i watched it two days ago i already yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of hypnotic yeah. so yeah by the time it gets to the end it's just a, you're in a bit of a trance yeah, i suppose okay. i think that's the ending i mean i, uh, I could I be wrong that. it's really good though I, I like it. <laughs> I like it so much. I've forgotten the ending. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure it was great though. <laughs> the ending I loved. I, I just can't remember. It doesn't feel like a film from 1983. It really, it's got 70s, a real 70s yeah. vibe to it. it yeah, it's very good. And Soul Survivors, bringing it a bit more up to date. 2001. That's bad. It's kind of fun, but it's so dumb and it's really bad. It's awful. Yeah, it's, it's awful. It's awful. Um, it's taken me until now to realise that I should have been pushing for Carnival of Souls to be on this yeah. list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. You can talk about oh, well. Carnival of Souls a bit. Well, I mean, it fits in this category. I don't so basically, if you've got what's... Soul or Survivor in your film title, <laughs> then all the characters then... are dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm um, trying to think of an exception now. There was an 80s comedy yeah. called Soul Man. 
Yeah, yeah I was going to mention that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. If C. Thomas Howell was dead the whole time, it yeah. would make a lot of sense. It's all playing. Oh, yeah, that was a that was a thing as yeah. well. Yeah, well, maybe that, well, maybe. I mean, I've not seen it, but would it make more sense if all the passengers on the Soul Plane had actually crashed <laughs> and died? Certainly makes Soul Train a different show altogether. If anyone remembers Soul Train. <laughs> but, that the music, the live yeah, music show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dead the whole time. <laughs> um, I don't know, Soul Survivor's got a good soundtrack, and that's about it's all it's got. It's got Casey Affleck, which are always a plus. They should have had Casey Affleck walking around in a white shirt. <laughs> Then it would. Then you'd have they known he was dead been, from the yeah. start. But if that plot idea was totally worn out by 2001, then fortunately in 2000 a new franchise had been born, with a new take on the idea of death as a force. Final destination, and we're going to go through all five of them. Um, so the first four quickly, and then we'll focus on the five. First one, 2000, directed by James Wong, about oh. a school trip to Paris. They're going to get on a plane. One of the uh, students has a vision of the plane exploding freaks out a few of the passengers leave with him and sure enough the plane explodes um it's a really fast t- i wish all planes took off yeah. left the left yeah. the terminal and took <laughs> off that quickly yeah. it's like within a minute isn't it it was a different time yeah uh, it was yeah. maybe it was just a really good airline <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> Questionable. <laughs> it was it was fine up until it exploded. <laughs> Good customer service. Um, well, yeah, I mean, who's a fan of uh, the original Final Destination? Yeah, I'm a big we... fan. I think it's yeah, the best the... best one. Yeah, it's good. I think I think one really captures that uh, feeling of anxiety that everything is dangerous, which is something that I have mm. every time I leave the house. In fact, sometimes without leaving the house, I'm scared of the cattle, everything. Um, and I think mm. Final Destination just really plays into that yeah. just constant fear that something terrible will happen. Um, I think it, it really works as a horror film. Like, obviously, it's quite funny at times, but... Um, the, the the terror is is definitely there, um, and I think it, it plays probably more than any of the others do into that because a lot of the deaths are things that could happen just you know going about your business. Whereas I think you yeah. know some of the later mm-hmm. ones mm-hmm. focus on more dangerous activities or you know quite scary activities. Um, whereas this is just nope, have a bath, die. Across the street. Yeah, die. your house is yeah. trying. Yeah. It's the kind of the horrible yeah. dread that your house is going to kill you, yeah. even if you just yeah. go yeah. about what, what you do every day. And certainly the um, the shock deaths are very effective when you first see it. The ones that just come out of yeah. nowhere. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. That that famous one is is fantastic still. Yeah, Devon Sawa stars in it, and I was wondering where I'd uh, recognise him from. He's Stan in Eminem's yeah. Stan video. Yeah. Oh, did not know that. I well, I mean, I think the first Final Destination is a bit too inoffensive and glossy and nice. Nice, and... it's uh, really macabre. But it, I mean, it, it, to put it in context of the the time, I mean, horror films were at their lowest ebb. I mean, they were absolute yeah. pants at this point in time. And I think Final Destination has a lot more going for it than the majority. Um, and it and it is and it is shocking and it is gory and it is really dark. Like. I think maybe we're a little bit jaded because we're all big horror fans, but I think conceptually it goes to some really uncomfortable, unpleasant places, uh, which is pretty impressive for what is essentially a mainstream teenage horror film. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and and this film and and basically all the films in this franchise um, do at least have the effect of making me feel creeped out afterwards, which is something that a lot of horror films don't. Like Even if they're super gory and nasty while you're watching them, by the time you get home, you're like, yeah, whatever. But I feel like with Final Destination, like every time I've seen a Final Destination movie at the cinema, I'm really careful about getting home in case something falls on me. Yeah. I think I'll leave the car. I think I'll just walk. They just leave me with that just lingering dread. Yeah. And Emily, you must have liked the rain in the uh, final final scene. A lot of rain, yeah, yeah. There's quite a lot of rain in these movies in general, actually. It seems to be sort of the the town that they're, they're set in is just... Well, well, I know they film it in Vancouver. And I know there's a lot of rain there, but there's yeah, it's it seems to be kind of the moody rain everywhere. It's dangerous weather though, isn't it? You know, you can slip mm. all sorts. Mm. Mind you, there's a lot of bright sunlight in four, and that there's still horrible things that happen there. Maybe that's why four's not as good. Mm. 
Oi, yeah. we'll get on to that. Maybe. Um, I, um, I mean, I don't think the ending of the original is very good at all because it's there's, there's no monster to defeat. Oh. Mm. But just, that's, it's just he's trying to save... That, that's kind of the point. But that's you, the point. You can't, the you can't win. Point. I know, there's no monster. <laughs> yeah, you die. Because if there was a monster that they could defeat, that would be a happier and more comforting ending. Mm. That's one of the most horrifying things about the films is that it's just death, an endless yeah. cycle of unstoppable death. I mean, that's that's dark. <laughs> oh yeah, because later in the series it is. Later in the series, certainly, but but these first two films end with survivors, which seems to defeat yeah, because they wanted to do a sequel and they want people to die at yeah. the start of the sequel. I mean, they're alive when the movie ends, yeah. but they're gonna die eventually. I mean, mm. death is gonna catch yeah. up with them. Well, Final Destination 2, I mean, that character, um, Devon Sawa's character, Alex, uh, he has died by that point, off yeah. screen, yeah. which is unforgivable, isn't it? I think yeah. one of Final Destination 2's biggest failings is trying to tie it back to Final Destination. I think, you know, all, all the stuff yeah. with Clear Rivers is really bad. Um, and yeah, Alex's off-screen death is, I agree, unforgivable. I guess he didn't yeah. want to do it. I think there was some kind of contractual dispute. It was literally something as boring as that. They could have at least replaced the actor. Mm. Recast him. Mm. Yeah. No, I'd rather have him killed off than recast. Yeah. I think that would have yeah. been worse. Yeah. Two is just too convoluted anyway. Um, you know, it, it, it definitely tries too hard for... It, it tries to do um, too much yeah. with the whole death design thing, and I, I don't know, it just doesn't work. It takes away that glorious simplicity yeah. of the first film where, you know, you just... Yeah. you die. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, no. does it? Like, one of the no, one doesn't. of the characters who's... Um, well, so, so the, the massive disaster in this one is that they've avoided a big um, highway pile-up. That's my favourite accident of all the movies. Yep. That's the one in the second one. I, I think I've seen a movie, uh, that, that sequence in particular like 15 times. It's so cool. <laughs> Rewind. Watch again, watch again. Death, death, death. Destruction. Fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> the survivors they saying, well, this one was on the bus from the first film that run someone over, and this oh. one was on the train. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah. that's really yeah. silly. It's trying to be too clever. I mean, it's, it's really it's, dumb. Yeah, it's not like the passengers on that train should be dead, is it? And this one survived. No, it doesn't make any sense, because the first one is literally just like, you will die. And now it's like, oh no, these specific subset of people with a really tenuous yeah. link to these mm. few people will die. But it's like, the whole thing that's scary about it is like, nope, everyone at some point yeah. is going to get you. Whenever it's your turn, you've had it. Mm. It's not like... Because what I kind of like about these films that's ridiculous is that most of them at some point feature a character declaring that they're never going to die. That's right, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, I think you might be wrong, Mello. Um <laughs> But on the other hand, um, what this first sequel does introduce is really elaborate. Yeah. The deaths are bigger yeah. and better. The spaghetti death is well, amazing. The... That's impressive. That's not true. Like, there's an elaborate ones in the first one. Like, the teacher's death in the first one is super elaborate. Yeah, but it's smaller in scale, I, think I guess. The, I don't know. The second one builds on that yeah. and just creates these, like, yeah. mousetrap style things. It, it, it's like they looked at the first one and went. That that death in particular worked. Let's let's go with that and make it crazy. What I do like about the deaths is even now that I've seen the movie movies many times, it doesn't work quite as well. But you know the deaths kind of start with oh this thing oh maybe this thing will kill it. no it's this thing oh no it's this yeah. thing you know mm. I think that's that's yeah a lot the, of I mean the yeah. the, 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 the spaghetti game. death is is yeah. definitely the best of the the franchise mm. I would say I mean yeah. that's just. So. Oh, there's a lot of good deaths in this film. Mm. Um, I really like the one with the cat trapped in the car. Yeah. Oh yeah, you do the not see that coming. Death but by airbag. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And the guy that gets yeah. split in three by the fence as well. Yep. That's, um... Yep. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. a good bit of razor. Yeah. I wonder if that's ever happened to anyone <laughs> in real life. Nope. But there's two in the Final Destination franchise. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the woman who plays um, Dr. Kalajian, she's called Enid Ray Adams, and I was looking at her IMDb profile. Enid Ray Adams was born in 1973 in Manitoba. Since then, no one has ever pronounced her name correctly. <laughs> what? Enid Ray Adams. Kids at school called her Igor and Enid the Peenid. Those kids were ill-mannered wow. and had gastric intestinal <laughs> Who wrote that trivia? <laughs> Someone's written uh, yeah. their own IMDb. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> you can always tell. Um, but again, the ending, it, there are survivors, and I don't like that. I don't think there should be survivors in these films. And But, but at least, I mean, at least they've added a punchline. That's so good. The child yeah. at the barbecue. There's a great punchline in the first one with the giant 180 sign. I mean, that's a hell yes. of a punchline. Yeah, the second one is even better, though. 
with a oh. the grill. You know what? I didn't even notice that said 180. Uh, if I went back and watched it now, I would, because by the end of the franchise, you're watching out for all Every, 180s. Yeah, all the numbers, yeah. If there's ever a number, it's 180. Yeah, because um, a restaurant's called like something that ends in an O. Yeah, 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 yeah. The restaurant is called yeah. Cafe Miro 81. There you go. Yeah. Um, right, Final Destination 3. This is my favourite. What's with the alternating directors, do you think? Because uh, James Wong didn't direct the second one but he came back to do the third and then the fourth one was directed by the director who did the second one David R. Ellis what's going on there maybe they just flipped coins or something yeah. <laughs> just all met in the pub and it's like no you do this I, I assume James Wong wasn't coins. interested in doing a sequel uh, that's why they brought David R. Ellis on board and maybe he was unhappy with the second one James Wong and he was like hey let me show him how it's done New impact for the third one. Yeah, mm. I, I wouldn't be surprised because <laughs> yeah. the third one does yes. go back to a lot of the style of the first one. Yeah. But has any, has everyone got the DVD with the coin flipping death uh, options no. on? No, they, they they didn't they no. didn't include that on the oh, Blu-ray. Oh, that is uh, honestly it's so good. <laughs> but, um, for, I mean, I'm sure you, you all know, but you can choose oh, yeah. uh, how characters die. Yeah. There's like mm. a coin flip option. Well, um, sort of. Oh, it's true. They've shot they've shot different deaths for some of them. Yes. They have, but you don't choose, is all I was taking issue with. You you just get to uh, choose whether the coin lands heads or tails, or you get to change something small, like, um, you know, should Wendy beat the horn again, yeah. and then that changes things. But you don't I say, sure. do you want to put him in the wood chipper, or do you, you know? No, it's, it's, not... <laughs> it's not, you know, but you have to use your imagination. <laughs> you can't make a version where everyone is fine. No, again, no, I take no. It. You, oh, you can, yeah. I think. Really? That's there's weird. very very early on there's there's um there's a way to watch it where i think it only comes out to like <laughs> long because there's something to do with when they when they very first are about to get on the roller coaster i think you can tell them oh, to wow. just not get on it or something and then they're just like oh that's, that's the amazing yeah. Yeah. And then the movie ends i think it's um you say that they do all go on and so they all die and that's the end yeah Oh, oh, possibly, yeah. yeah. Like I think that, e- yeah. either way, it's one of the best uh, special features I've ever seen on a DVD. Yeah. I just, I mean, it's such a shame that, you know, it's unfeasible for other films to do that, really, but it was, <laughs> it's just great. And I think watching it in that format quite early on as well, I think it actually might have been the first time I saw it. I don't think I saw this one on the cinema. Um, I just loved it. It's it's still my favourite. It's just so much fun. It's It's such a loud, brash silly movie so this is the one with the roller coaster yeah. accident yeah. yeah um i think that scene isn't it's, really it's odd. underwhelming i, I think. love that scene yeah. i think i think it's terrifying Ooh. it should have been way better I, it scary. makes makes my yeah. feet tingle and everything but that said i think uh, james wong does some really good uh there's some really good camera work in it there's a bit where it cuts from the two girls in their um sunbeds to their yeah. two coffins mm. it's a really nice match yeah. cut i really mm. like that and there's other little yeah. cool bits as well um, there's that weird bit in the hardware store where the, why is this schoolboy been given a job where he works on his own <laughs> with a forklift truck, <laughs> health and safety, uh, pest control, sawing yeah. up bits of wood. I mean, <laughs> it's great though. I, I love I love how they film that scene where he's on the forklift and the camera's constantly tracking back and there's the three of them walking in front and he's behind on this thing and it's just it's really tense because you know that something awful is going to happen. Uh, and it's yeah. just a really good way to shoot it. Panning yeah. past lots of sharp objects. I mean, it's it's pretty ludicrous um, franchise anyway, but when you've got a gym that's got a pair of cutlasses mounted on the, <laughs> oh. on the wall above the weights machine. Brilliant. <laughs> that scene is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you've got... Um, the. The last copy that I I watched was a slightly dodgy DVD, so it had one of those was one of those ones with subtitles that you couldn't switch off, which was mm. brilliant for two reasons. Number one, that you could actually hear what people were saying in the background in the gym scene. So you've got you've got all these jock guys saying things like "fuck death, death's probably a Denver fan." Um, and the other thing was that every time um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead sort of got teary, and, it, and the, the subtitles were meant to say sobs, it said sofas. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't anything to do with the film, but made it made things interesting. Yeah, there's a sale on at DFS, just wanted everyone to know. Yeah. <laughs> Subliminal advertising. And hooray, first proper ending, in my yeah. opinion. Although, yeah. I, yeah. I wish that they'd chosen one or the other, uh, because I hate that she has another vision and then it happens. Yeah. I wish it had either just happened with no vision, yeah. or the vision had been the whole you know thing happening because i I like that very final shot where she's just screaming against the window is great i just i kind of wish that they'd taken out the premonition i just kind of left it as that why did she have another vision 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Well, it's not really. Ex- it's never explained why all these people over the years have have these visions ahead of major disasters is it there's no but then i like the other thing that it does in three which i think there's there's something different in all of them uh is how they foresee whose death is next and in three they bring in the photograph thing like in the Mm. omen Um, yeah that's brilliant yeah it's one of the more entertaining ones uh whereas four has by far the least entertaining like mini premonition thing no 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 no, no, no. He just sees shitty because... computer animations <laughs> of people's deaths. The final destination is fucking brilliant. We're on to final destination four now, or the final destination. Um, that's the one with uh, speedway event accident. And in 3D, it's brilliant. I have since watched some of the death scenes in 2D, and they yeah. are awful. The, the CGI <laughs> is dreadful, but when you watch yeah, it, it in 3D, it's 3D. Brilliant. Yeah, see, I didn't rubbish. see it in 3D, so that's probably why I didn't uh, like it. I saw it in 3D at the cinema. Uh, I saw it in 3D. It oh, really? Crap. It sucked. So I, I thought maybe yeah. I'd like it more revisiting it years later on, on DVD, uh, but in 3D and in 2D, no. this is crap. <laughs> it's just, I love they're it. so badly done. Like, talking about things being badly shot, that um, escalator oh. death at the end, you can just see it's yes. an empty pair of jeans. It's not even slightly yeah, fucking realistic. Yeah, it feels very perfunctory. Think... Yeah. It's literally just, here's this. a pair of jeans and then there's a rubber hand. Oh, no. Blood at <laughs> the end. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think what I really hate about it is um, it totally changes the tone of the franchise. So mm. you're, you're no longer yes. terrified of everything that could go wrong and kill you. Instead, you're just taking glee in watching awful people get killed mm. so it's kind of a mean-spirited yeah. like oh yeah let's just watch all these awful people die uh, and the deaths aren't even very interesting a lot of them are so protracted what they just go on a forever fucking bloke gets yeah. his guts pulled out yeah. through his anus which is a rip-off of a of a short story Jack yeah, Nick's guts yeah and it's not very entertaining to watch it's literally a guy in a swimming pool for about 10 minutes <laughs> and then there's like 30 seconds of he sits on a hole and some guts cheap. come out of yeah. a a pipe. I mean, that's that's not as entertaining as the sort of stuff that we were getting in the first few films. And all the gore is really ropey CGI, so you you don't even get that payoff. Um, it's just, ugh, ugh, it's gross. It's crass. Uh, I think the 3D covers up for the CGI. Right. I think it gets away with it that way. Uh, Emily, what what short story is that? Guts. Um, it's a short story by Chuck Polinick, the guy who wrote uh, Fight Club. Um, it's a short yeah. story called Guts where someone relates it, a, a really disgusting urban myth about somebody trying to um, basically have a wank over a vent over in a swimming pool and um, having all of his, his innards pulled out. And it's described in very, very graphic detail because... Yeah. Um, it's super gross. Yeah. I know at one point he's, it says he's taken, he took a vitamin tablet that morning and he can see it in his intestines. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Hang on, which, which, which um, end is his guts pulled out through if he's having a wank? Uh, he's he's having a wank in the kind of prostate area, so um, yeah, it's bit they're pulled out through his ass. I think I may have remembered this wrong. It's weird. No, that re- that's that's how I remember it. <laughs> that is exactly how I remember it too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I've missed out on a couple of things there. <laughs> Doesn't his sister then get pregnant because the, his jizz is in the swimming pool? Wait, oh God! Please let that not be true. <laughs> no, I think that, that I, I think that is. That. <laughs> we'll put it this way: I hope it is because otherwise I've just made that up. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I hope I it is. I you've just but, made that up. But yes, it's, un- it's unoriginal. We were unimpressed with this death. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the final destination, but it's, it's easily the worst one. I think it's, I think it's easily the best. But then yeah. I, I like stupid. So, but it's, it's still enjoyable. I quite like the opening credits with the skeletons, where they've got they've yeah, the recap yeah, of all that. the deaths yeah. from the other movies. I think that's yeah, good. Yeah, but then they overuse that effect. Unfortunately, it, it works mm. in the opening credits and then becomes tiresome yeah. by the end. Yeah, when it comes up at the end, it's a bit naff. But it wasn't the final destination after all. And that, of course, brings us on to this month's second feature. From 2011, Stephen Quayle's Final Destination 5. You're not supposed to be here. You were supposed to die on that bridge. A lucky few survived the disaster. And then one by one, death comes for them all. Are you saying that we can't stop this? There's an answer for everything. It's kill or be killed. 
Nobody's safe! A talented young chef on a corporate jolly has a premonition of a fatal bridge collapse and convinces some of his colleagues to get off their bus before it's too late. But they will find that death can't be cheated that easily because it has the exact same plot as the previous four films. Uh, Sarah, so obviously this is your pick and it's your favourite, is it? It is. I thought on rewatch it might not be, but it still was. And I think, weirdly, it's partly because of something that we talked about earlier in this podcast which is the sort of moral dilemma aspect of it uh because this final destination introduces something that i sort of had always thought since the beginning ought to be in there which is that if death is coming to pick up the lives that it's missed because you know some cosmic scales are unbalanced or something can't you just kill someone else and uh live a bit longer and that's kind of what happens in this one. So I like that. There was an, an extra bit of dark nastiness chucked in there. I don't like that aspect of it. Oh, I think it turns it into a. I think it turns it into a boring thriller. I don't want any no. moral dilemmas. I just want to see a man's guts come out his <laughs> ass. That's all I want. <laughs> oh, I think the. I think it turns the ending into a different sort of film where it's just a bad guy versus a good guy. You know. But in some a respect, bit, there's yeah. always been there's always been somebody in the survivor group who's enough of a dick that they'll kind of try and find a way to cheat death in their yeah. own way. So even in, in in Final Destination three, you kind of have that where um, uh, Chris Lemchi's character's what's his name McKinley Ian McKinley yeah. has decided that if he kills Wendy, then that'll kind of end the circuit and he'll be fine. So you you they they sort of hinted at that. I just like that they went full on with this one and they just had someone be that ruthless. Yeah, that's far more interesting. Or, or unhinged, part I guess. Part two, where they just say, oh yeah, all she has to do is have a baby. I mean, that's boring. Part two is fucking baffling because they kind of go, oh, death's working backwards for no apparent reason. And also someone's pregnant. So if they give birth to the baby, that will solve everything. You're like, no. Well, that, that was that just... Fix anything. <laughs> that was just the them. baby was also supposed to be dead. That won't fix anything. No, she wasn't. That was just them misunderstanding. It was her, she had to kill herself and then be revived. It wasn't about a newborn baby at all. Yeah. Just misunderstood, but yeah. Yeah, I know, but yeah, it was yeah, just I one know. one of the kind of things that they discuss about like, is this a way to cheat death? Where yeah. you're like, that doesn't make any sense. That yeah, doesn't make any sense. But why haven't you thought of killing someone instead? <laughs> but again, how, why would that work if you're supposed to die? How? I don't know. Well, but it it, it it might not. I mean, ultimately, it kind of doesn't, does it? But um, I guess yeah. just the idea that if, if the problem is five people are supposed to be dead and yeah. they're not... Yeah, as long then... as death gets one, he's happy. But, yeah, he's happy. I think yeah. at, the, at the very end, they kind of mess with the idea that death kind of wants his his time. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, so you've got that amazing punchline where, um, you know, massive mega spoiler... Um, the guy who um, what's his face kills is it Nathan the guy that Nathan, Nathan kills mm-hmm. uh, you know and he had two days to live anyway so mm, Nathan yeah. only lives a further two days um, yeah. and I like I, I don't know I like that kind of numbers I love that ending that's yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. cracker isn't it um, yeah ooh. that's good but I like I like that because it's sort of death as a as an accountant <laughs> just mm, trying yeah. to balance his books <laughs> and I, I enjoy that that's where the tension comes in because you're like Oh, now can the, you skip it? Can yeah. you push it onto someone else? Yeah. 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 Well, talking of tension, that scene in the gym. Oh, it's so oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Oh, God. So good. Brilliant. So good. Yeah. That, that and uh, the laser eye one is oh, probably yeah. the, the only one that I just could not watch. I just had to turn really? away from that. It really... really? Yeah. really freaked me out it was just the thing, the thing with the gym one is they get a lot of mileage out of a tiny little nail yeah. oh yeah yeah i yeah. think that kind of proves that you don't need to go big and elaborate on these yep. deaths like everybody everybody can imagine what it would feel like to step, step on a pin and so you're just like holding yeah. your breath waiting for her yeah, not yeah. to step on it and then when she does die though it's so oh. painful looking that's one of the best scenes in any of the movies <laughs> sorry one of the best deaths i think I think every death in this actually made me go, oof! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think this is extent. the nastiest uh, in terms of the deaths. In terms of the deaths, but not in terms of the tone, I don't think. Because the F4 is much more about, like, oh, this guy's a horrible racist. Isn't yeah. it great that he's dead? Whereas this one, you, you don't. They're not that horrible. They're sort of just normal people. I think Isaac's a bit of an idiot and a prick. He's a bit of a dick, but he's not on the same scale as the fucking guy in four. I mean. Yeah, but, no. yeah, but he, he's the only. He's the only. <laughs> yeah, he's the only dick in it. Yeah. And he's kind of a com- comic relief dick as well. Like, his, his dickishness is funny. Yeah. 
I like the the bit where he goes to the Chinese woman. Do you come with subtitles? Oh. And that's when the subtitles yeah, start. That was so funny. <laughs> that yeah. was yeah. <laughs> that's a proper joke. That is. Uh, and Tony Todd's back. Is that a good thing? Did we miss him the last two episodes? Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. <sighs> See, I, I I love Tony Todd, but there is one problem with him coming back, and that's because of the time loop thing at the end. Um, it would have been better if he didn't noticeably look ten years older than he did in the first film. <laughs> Do you think they wanted to cast Tom Cruise as Peter? Yeah. <laughs> Miles Fish is so much cooler than Tom Cruise. Miles, yeah. <laughs> like, it is for the for the benefit of yeah, anyone yeah. who's not us five who've already seen it, uh, Google Final Destination Five Saved by the Bell and you'll see why <laughs> Miles Fisher is so cool. <laughs> that is amazing. That is very, very good. I thought five was the best one just because it kind of ran with the conceit and sort of I don't know, polished it up, I suppose. It yep. was it's for for good or real, I just think it just fitted yeah. together really, really nicely, and yeah, yeah. There's the sort of sick joke at the end. It's yeah. it's, it's just quality. It's probably my my second favorite yeah. after the first one. It really, I love that it comes full circle. Yeah, really cool. yeah. I think I think five's probably the best, but my favorite is still three. Uh, if that makes sense, like yeah. I just I feel three in my heart a bit more but but i think five is technically a better film three is a lot of fun i'll go with that yeah but what one three and five are all fantastic if yeah. this was a trilogy uh it, it would just work perfectly it's just mm. two and four that are you know weak and terrible respectively yeah, but, I, but i like two two two's got good deaths it's not it's not worthless it's right. just it, it's 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 weaker than one three and five yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say five is my second favorite after four there goes two, How three, is and four one. your favourite? I like them all. Yeah, you I like justify them all. this. How is four yeah. your favourite? Because it's stupid. I, because it's stupid <laughs> and over the top, and it's got some. It's got some of the best 3D I've ever seen. Um, and I've I never. Do you know I've never seen good 3D in my life. I've I've seen a lot of 3D movies. And I've never once come out and thought, man, that 3D was good. I always just think, oh, oh in, in four, it's got so much stuff flying at you. But it makes you dust. 3D as a concept is just garbage. Like I, I don't want stuff flying out the screen at me. I, I just if want I'm to watch a film in 3D. Yeah. I fucking want stuff flying yeah. out the screen at me. And, and fi- watching Final Destination five in 3D, I wondered what, what the point of wearing these stupid glasses was because it doesn't do that to, that very much. Yeah. And it's it's it, it, there's no point in it being in 3D. But I think every um, 3D movie. Uh, Sacrifices narrative in favour of just shit flying out the screen, which is why I just find them so boring. It's like that—that that doesn't excite me. Stuff coming out the screen, and it—it it always seems to be in lieu of something better. Just tell me a story. That's all I want. Just a good story. Yeah, but a story about things flying out the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think four has, has the best 3D oh, of of any 3D films. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, over the final snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it's it's no Avatar. Don't get me wrong, but. It's better than five uh, in terms of the three D. Can I just uh, just go through some names, character names from uh, from these movies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So you have Browning, <laughs> Hitchcock, Val Luton, uh, Murnau, Cheney, Shrek, Corman, Carpenter, Weiss, Dreyer, Romero, Polanski, Friedkin, Hooper, and Castle. Wow. Well, I noticed yeah. that in the first film. I didn't. Uh, uh, presumably, loads of those are from the sequels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Miles Fisher plays Peter Friedkin. So, yeah. yeah, it just keeps. It was unobtrusive then, uh, for the most part, because uh, something like Night of the Creeps, was. I really noticed that and it gets on my tits. But yeah. apart from, you know, in the first film where it was really obvious, I didn't notice it at all. There's so many other little uh, name gags though, like when they go to the hospital in part two and it's the Ellis Medical Center, like David R. Ellis. <laughs> but it's just full of little things like that. Richard, did you did you marathon that all these I watched them all uh, yesterday. All five. Yeah, what did you think? Wow. I don't think it really works as a series you can marathon because they're all exactly the same basically. Well, they're the same but also different. I I don't know, I just I, I love the concept and uh I think it worked. Especially in your the way five ends. If we've learned one thing today, it's that time's running out for us all. But not before we play scary noises. <laughs> so, uh, this is where we welcome Emily to the uh, scary noises team. You're going to be joining up with Richard, and obviously we've got CJ and Sarah on the other team. Buzzers at the ready. Uh, here's your first pair of scary noises, and I warn you, this first pair... It's quite difficult. There's this kid, Chip Conway, and if we don't help him, he is going to die. Those punks have him in their car, and they're going to kill him like they killed Billy and like they killed Kate. I know. I know. You said it. 
Oh, say, Jay. Is the dialogue from Bloody Birthday? It is not from Bloody Birthday. So, Richard and Emily, here's the whole thing again. There's this kid, Chip Conway, and if we don't help him, he is going to die. Those punks have him in their car, and they're going to kill him like they killed Billy and like they killed Kate. I know. I know. You said that. See? Well, you seem to know an awful lot about stuff that nobody could possibly know anything about. Like, um, finding a girl in the barn. Nope. Uh... No. Uh, well, the music's from Soul Survivor, and the dialogue was from Sometimes They Don't Come Back. Oh, oh I thought it sounded familiar. Ah. Wait, Sometimes They Come Back? They do come back, yeah, but they? There was, there sometimes they the, come back. Sometimes they come back again. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes they come they back. Don't come that's, back. What I, that's what <laughs> okay. I said. There, there were definitely some sequels with different things okay. about oh. what they do. <laughs> they come back for more. Sometimes they come back again, too. For more, I think. <laughs> right. Sometimes they come back, go out again. Come back again in a little bit. Sometimes they come back drunk. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they come back, wonder what they come back for. I realise they never should have come back. <laughs> That's what that was from. Uh, okay, here's the second pair. This should be a little bit easy. Oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. The music should be easy. The dialogue, you're going to have to take an educated guess. Yes, Richard. Uh, music is from Zombie 2. Yep, it is. Dialogue is from... <sighs> The Survivor? It's not, no. Uh, so, uh, CJ and Sarah, the dialogue to identify such as it is. Sounds almost like George from Nightmare Weekend. No, I got nothing. Well, the clue was that it was in Japanese. It's from Death Note, but the uh, the 2006 one. This shouldn't be too difficult. Number three. Well, it looks like a version of a Chinese wish pot. They're pretty common. <laughs> it's wish upon the dialogue. Uh, you got the dialogue, yes. Wish upon. Music. No idea what the music was. Um, CJ. I didn't even hear it. Um. Is it full moon high? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, right, oh, so here you are, Richard and Emily, the music to identify. Well, it looks like a version of a Chinese wish pot. They're pretty common, actually. You take a piece of paper, write down your wish, put it in the pot, and wait for it to come true. Let's see, this one. Heavy. Okay, it promises to grant seven wishes, and there are rules. Lay your hands upon me. Sounds so familiar. I know I've seen it. Uh, it sounds a bit film noir-y, but I yeah. don't know what it is. It's really nice, whatever oh, it is. I, it is. <laughs> it is really nice. I know this. I like it. It's um, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Oh, that's why uh, it's really okay. nice. Yeah, right. that would be okay. it. Yeah, yeah. Sense. Right, uh, number four. <laughs> well, for all the good you've done, you might as well have pissed on it, eh? <laughs> that's a good thing I found you, huh? Name's Mick. Ah, yeah. Vodka. Emily. Uh, the dialogue is Wolf Creek, I think. It's not. Oh, bollocks. Was it not? Any uh, music? I it was... uh, don't know. Okay. Full so CJ. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> See, CJ and Sarah. <laughs> well, for all the good you've done, you might as well have pissed on it, eh? <laughs> That's a good thing I found you, huh? Name's Mick. Ah, yeah. Vodka. 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 Right? Proud, are you? And um, from Germany. Yeah, they usually are. <laughs> Is it Wolf Creek 2? Yay! <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Oh, oh, bugger. Well done. But the music. The music. I don't, know, I don't know. Is it the Survivor? No, it's Death Note. The new oh! <laughs> Having praised that score, I then yeah. completely failed to recognise it. All right, so uh, we're on to number five. The scores at the moment are two to CJ and Sarah and one to Richard and Emily. So at number five... I think this would look nice in the mantelpiece. I bet it belongs to the professor. Well, he did find it on our property, darling. After all, scientists should be a bum. Mama. Burial ground. Oh, it's, as soon as he said mama, it was mama. Like, yeah. <laughs> mama. Uh, music is uh, 
Soul Survivor. It's not, no. So the music, CJ and Sarah. I think this would look nice in the mantelpiece. I bet it belongs to the professor. Well, you did find it on our property, darling. After all, scientists should be a bum. Mama. Yes, darling, what is it? <laughs> Mother, this cloth smells of death. <laughs> Mama. Why, it's nothing but an old rag, Michael. <laughs> Such a great name. <laughs> so good. Mama. Um, I, I just, all I can see in my head is just the image of Peter Bark's face. I can't even think about music. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's got, it's got to be, um, it must be the survivor. Yay! Ah. <laughs> Yay! Right, so it's now three two. So the final pair. Here we go. Okay, those kids on flight one eighty. Okay, could be any of them. Um. Let me think. It's. Um, it's probably not one. No, beyond it's, that, I don't uh, know. It's. It's four. It's not. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know which one it is. Don't take a guess on the music. Uh, full Moon High. <laughs> oh, fucking Full Moon High. <laughs> Where are we? Uh, CJ and Sarah. Uh, so music and dialogue to get from this. Okay, those kids on Flight 180 died in accidents in the order they would have died if they'd have stayed on the plane. Okay, so if this is that, then... then Frankie was behind Ashley and Ashley. Ah. Uh, I saw Ashley and Ashley's picture. Dad. I felt this instinct. Like there was a hint in the picture. I even I even called to see if I could keep them from going. It's Final Destination Three. I yeah. don't know what the music is. Um, oh wait, 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 is it um, House with Laughing Windows? No, not remotely <sighs> close. <laughs> it's <Right>. um, from <laughs> Beyond. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So the scores there: four to CJ and Sarah, two to Richard and Emily. And so ends another episode of Devil Times 5. And we all survived. Or did we? You can say hi to us on Facebook, Twitter and Letterboxd. Email dx5podcast at gmail.com and please leave nice reviews for us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Next month it's my turn to pick a theme and I've gone for possessions and exorcisms and that means the daddy of them all, the exorcist plus all the rip-offs that came in its wake. So that's what we're doing for Halloween. We hope you can join us. Until next time, thanks for listening. Oh.